0: We're live on Facebook. Are you lying? Is it the truth? (laughs) And we're live, ladies and gentlemen. Cheers. 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 Welcome to another segment of the Cash Geeks Network. As you guys know, we come at you guys live with the real, the heat, people who are actually in the business doing real deals. And today we're going to talk a little bit about problem solving with my guys over at 525 Capital. So uh, we got Scott, Rakan. Rakan, 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 Rakan. And um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you guys so much for doing this, by the way.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, at 525, we are a lender and we love to go ahead and fix problems. A lot of people have very complex uh, situations that the traditional lending shop might not be able to find the best solution for. That's where we come in and are able to go ahead and take over the transaction and make sure that it gets to the closing table and it gets complete. That's where, you know, our value is.
0: Nice. So are you like a uh, loan officer? Is that
1: what your title would be? Or what? what is your title? My title, I guess, would be relationship manager, okay. um, you know, making sure that not only are the people that are pr- prospects, you know, that are getting taken care of, but also our clients, you know the biggest thing in real estate is relationships. Yep, We want to make sure that we're building long lasting relationships so that we're able to continuously provide value to other people. Yep, You know, that's how we
0: strengthen ourselves. That's huge. That's huge because money is a big component in our real estate game. Right. And if you can find, build a relationship with somebody, I mean, I've heard people who have, you know, this guy has been my lender for the past 10 years, for the past five years, whatever. Right. And so right. that's awesome. man. And um, Scott, what do you do, man?
2: Yeah. So, um, you know. Uh, I think we did a great job of kind of framing up our kind of mindset on how we handle this. So uh, as private lenders, you know, like we're, we're pretty much lending against all asset classes, right? Whether it's a single family, you know, fix and flip all the way to uh, large land development projects. Um, and so, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm kind of the chief problem solver, right? So we're we're yeah. trying to figure yeah. out how to how to get things to the table, right? So I think we were talking offline before this thing started. And yeah. My big thing is, you know, we get that call when someone has a real problem, right? Hey, I have this loan that you know someone gave me a commitment to and now they're not honoring it like how can we get to the closing table and right. that's where we kind of come in right like yeah. that's that's where we you know we whether it be through uh private relationships our own funds or third-party funds yep. we figure out how to get things to the closing table
0: got it so so what are what are some of the things that you guys mainly work on right now right in today's market sure right i know um DSCR, debt service loans are a big sure thing. thing sure um I know that the guidelines and restrictions on purchasing flips have kind of changed throughout all different lenders, right? So some people are like, "Yeah, these guys used to do my loans, and now I don't use them anymore because their LTV went here and blah 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 blah." Right? So exactly. like, what what are you guys seeing right now in today's market as far as like the business that you guys are doing? Are you mainly doing a bunch of new loans? Or are you doing a bunch of refinances? Or are you doing
2: both? Yeah, we're kind of, I, I would say that it's probably in thirds okay. of, uh, you know, yeah, there's a bunch of people trying to get out of their flips that they barely got into or barely yes. getting out of, right? So that's the DSCR <coughs> component, right? Okay. Those rental loans where I'm like, hey, I got to figure out how to solve this problem. I'm not going to get the exit price I wanted. Now, how do I like scramble to get it, right? right. So we can argue about the validity or how strong those loans are, but yeah, that's a huge component right now. Uh, I think the other piece that that's like <clears throat> that uh, is a massive uh, opportunity or, or or kind of movement in the market is people moving out of fix and flip because the inventory is just not there, yeah. moving into new construction, kind of infill, mm. you know, scattered lot kind of, uh, construction piece or loans. Like, and for us, we're, we're doing a pretty sizable amount of those loans. As really? Well, okay. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So That's like trying to solve that problem. And you know, again, when inventory is scarce, people are knocking down homes, they're, they're finding, uh, infill lots, things like right. that. Right. Right. So we're doing those. And then what we're also finding is that there's a major hole in the land development space right now. There's a major hole in, um, in uh, you know helping bridge raw land to develop lots yeah right and so we're kind of filling all through those gaps right now yeah and there's just not a lot of players i mean i think if there was from an institutional standpoint if there was four or five big land like big players that were willing to do those lands, it's down to one or two and so we've had we have some pretty good kind of like sources that still fund that through kind of like different channels and so we've been pretty pretty happy with the production we've had in that side of the business as well. That's awesome, man. Yeah, because that is a huge, I mean, because
0: we've barely dabbled in land as far as wholesaling land, right? And then once you get to that bigger parcel of land that's not cookie cutter, right, Mm -hmm. you kind of lose a lot of the new construction buyers because they don't know what to do with that land, right? has to be a developer. And then developers, there's very few of them because there's not a lot of money in that world as far as like you kind of got to be willing to self-fund sometimes sure. and then hold it out so. for like six months to a it's year. It's a different for, game for sure. Correct. I mean, like, that's
2: definitely, I mean, like if you, yeah. if your normal fix and flip is a, you know, what's called a, uh, you know, a rookie or sophomore play, yep. right? When you start talking about, you know, a, a five-year strategy, right. right? That's a whole different correct. ball game and a correct. whole different kind of yeah. uh, caliber of uh, investor to execute that plan, right?
0: Yeah. So we're, we're under contract right now on um, 12 acres in Callahan. Mm-hmm. And we uh, wholesaled it to a, a developer. Sure. And you know they're they got a six month DD on it, That's right? Because right. it's I mean it's on dirt roads. It's yep. no lots of record. You know all that stuff. And so like something like that is just a whole different ballgame. And. I'm definitely going to be picking your guys' brain on how we can work together more on that because I don't sure. have access to those guys. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, um,
2: And then if you guys are funding those guys, it's just a win-win. Yeah, right? it's it's so it's a really interesting world for sure. And, you know, I think when you kind of go up that, like, literally next level, right. kind of, kind of hey, graduates so you, you have, bit. I mean, you, you just have people that are playing like a different game. Yeah. And so you have to understand those rules and understand how that, that the sequence of events that occur to Correct. make that happen. Correct. Right. Because again, um, yeah, you, you know, on paper, people look at those deals and they're like, oh, wow, like you're <clears throat> absolutely crushing this thing. But yeah. yeah, it's a five or six or seven or 10 year play. Correct. Right. So it's like, right. you need to have those margins for that to even justify yes. that effort. Yes. Right. 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 That's awesome, man. So, as far as in the market right now,
0: right? Everybody wants to know. Everybody's always curious. I'm sure you guys are all like, what are you seeing in the market, right? Like, are you seeing, um, obviously, we talked a little about on the refis appraisals coming in a little bit lower. Sure. Right. Where where are you guys seeing like rates right now on like debt service loans? Sure. Um, And do you guys do any creative debt service loans? Meaning like, Airbnb loans or short term rental loans on that, on the back end, or are you guys just strictly, you know, rental appraisal? Um, what kind of debt service coverage ratio are you guys sure. requiring right now? Yeah, Let's so I mean, we numbers. can
2: we can get, um, we can get as low. I think we wrote, uh, last week we closed a couple of loans at like six and three quarters. You can get a little bit lower oh, yeah. with buy downs, right? Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. for your more traditional <clears throat> rate and term kind of yes. exits, right? right? Your, uh, you're seeing your, your single family rental. Kind of like cash out loans probably in the you know seven and a quarter range right now and then i would say it's another 75 to hundred basis points on top of that for a short-term rental right um and so there's there's like you know if you you go back 18 months we had a wide variety of short-term rental loans that you could get with like normal rates there is a penalty associated with that right now um but i think you know even just last week with two different institutional partners of ours came out with another like program kind of enhancement to make that more affordable. So I think the days of that being like the high, like 150 basis points over what the rate and term is going to be, is going to come down, but it's, you're going to pay that penalty for now. It, but like, realistically, that's where it should be. Right. right that's right, a, right. a way riskier loan than, yeah. uh, than oh, yeah. permanent financing. Right. Like cool. the idea that we're like, All of a sudden you're taking a guy who has four rentals and now all of a sudden he's like an innkeeper right and he can manage an airbnb like that's just bananas right (laughs) so like i understand like some of it makes sense like like but like you know thinking that your your house in this neighborhood is going to get you 5x on rental income forever you know i don't think that that's as exciting um the the more kind of like short-term traveling nurse kind of like some of those kind of plays like the midterm rentals i think that's Real opportunity, and I yeah. think that 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 eliminates a lot of that like Absolutely. like market risk. But you know, when you have the situation where like a jurisdiction can just drop a a new Correct. new policy on top yeah. of it, or a new yeah. new you know a new kind of uh, statute on the on the on the city or the town, and next thing you know, that that income goes away. Yeah, for you know using that as your primary source of qualification just doesn't make any sense.
0: No, I love that man. I think um, so. I got I got. Seven uh, short term rentals. Yep. Right. And I could, I got the loan based off of just traditional debt service. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And the ones that I bought, I, for those reasons, right. It's like, hey, if I can't convert this to a um, regular rental, yep. then I can't buy it as an Airbnb because right. if something happens to that short term rental or exactly. even just the neighbor, right. Like the neighbor could just mess with your people because they hate you That's or right. whatever. Right. And even right. just that. You have a bad neighbor, you have to sell the house now or whatever. It's it's just like,
2: I I mean, I don't know when I, when I was like getting into investing early days, I got right out of school. I went right right into it, right? I was kind of like effectively, um, you know, apprentice with somebody. It was like, Hey, you need four or five exits, man. Like you need at least three exits, right? Mm -hmm. On any of these deals. So to me, the idea that you would just tie yourself to one specific area. Now, look, I mean, we've been, everyone's just been super lucky. Right. In the last three years, appreciation was your biggest friend. It wouldn't matter. You just needed to just get through 12 months, 24 months. Right. right? And so everything was just like, it's like, you know, the whole, what's the whole adage, like, you know, uh, winning solves every problem in sports. Right. It's the same idea, right? When you're getting 10% a year, who cares if you're breaking even on the, on that thing, who cares? Well, if the, if your neighbor starts messing with you, I'm just going to sell the asset, right? Like you think of it through that lens, but that's not the world we're living in. Yes, I agree.
0: I agree. And that's um, something that you mentioned earlier, which I'm happy that you brought up, um, and I want I want to talk about it, right? Because, so you mentioned like getting out of the, the burr model, right? Yeah. And, and doing the burr, and everybody's like so crazy on let's do a ton of burrs, and you know we're gonna build our rental portfolio, and we're gonna have no money into it, right? Like that's the dream everybody hears, sure, right? Of course. And then in today's market, it's like, dude, if you want to keep this out as a burr. You either have to leave a shit ton of money in the in the deal, yep. which, right? Or because of today's rates, it doesn't make sense. So yep. you have to leave a ton of money in the deal, yep. or it didn't appraise, so you got a ton of money, right? Like, yep. Um, and not only that, like because of rates going up, your monthly payments are higher, Correct. property taxes are higher, Correct. and so now you're you know cash flowing hundred bucks maybe, and yep. you know something that's very real as a real estate investor who's a seasoned investor knows. Hundred bucks ain't enough, right? right? And so when you mention that, like, dude, yeah. you got this deal, and yeah, you can refinance it, and it'll cash flow a hundred bucks, but like, that's not a smart rental play, right? Yeah. And for some people, you know, obviously this is up for debate,
2: sure, right? It's all about the strategy. And of the, course, and, I mean, right? I think like, a lot of people think of it like there, <clears throat> there is a school of thought to say never sell anything, right? Right, correct. And correct. so I'm not like yep. I wouldn't yep. dispute that. Like that that makes complete sense. But I do think that there is some math that has to be played. Like if you're making three grand a year on this asset, right, like total or whatever it is, yeah. and a single capital expenditure could wipe that out, <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, unless this is a long term, almost like a retirement account for you. Right? Why wouldn't you just do that math in your head and say, Well, if I could get out my if I could get my <clears throat> equity out plus realize my profit, yep, right? And it say it's 30 grand, yes. right? Uh, and I'm like, well, I'm going to make three grand. Eight. So, is it a 10 year play? Would I be yeah. willing to do that yeah. and, right. to justify it? So, I, I, I'm not the smartest in the world when it comes to this, but like to me, I think everyone bought that bird dream. And look, I, I benefited from it, right? We did a ton of burlows, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. but I'm just like, where we are in the marketplace, so many people are coming to our conference table and sitting down and be like, Scott, I got, I got these six houses. I'm trying to figure out how to get some of my equity out, but I'm trying to get these on permanent debt. And you're just looking at them, you're like, bro, the six houses, and you're, you got like, thousand dollars of total cash flow in six houses sell it right get out of your position the market's where it is just deal with the consequences maybe you bought wrong move on you know find another deal because the market's better for you to buy right now than it is for you to retain these assets right Right. and if you're going to hold something to to survive your bad decision sometimes it is better to rip the band-aid off and just go back to work and not only that like <clears throat> you
0: got prepayment penalties also like when you, you know, when you lock in a 30 year loan on a DSCR sometimes. Yeah. Right. I mean, think That's about right
2: like, now. So right now we're, most people are getting quoted at five year prepay, right? Yep. Even if you're at a three year prepay, but let's, and who knows what the, the rates will do. Right. But are you willing to lock yourself in at 200 basis points higher than you were last year? Right. right? Or like Correct. for five years yeah? and then yep. pay that penalty on the get on the way out. Yes. Like there's a, I would personally say do another bridge loan for another 12 months and at least roll the dice. If you wanted or had right. to keep it, right, right, right. worst yeah, case scenario, no. just roll it onto the next deal. Figure yeah, out how to yeah. you know, meet with your
0: accountant, man. Figure now, out that, how to make That's that work, very true. Right? And um, I feel like that's real, whether it's the right or wrong moment or deal or whatever. Like that's an, an eye opening conversation that people need to be told yeah. or exposed to, right? Because sure. most people who just got into BURS, they've never experienced rentals, they've never experienced a turn. Right. right, where the tenant leaves and just like dude, this tenant was in here for a year. And now I just think it cost a lot me 2200 right. bucks. Right. There's
2: like a lot of myths in this. Correct. Right. And it's Correct. like, hey, like where we were, like, again, not everybody is <clears throat> has like the kind of history that I have, but like I was part of a group. We were buying, you know, hundreds of houses. Right. And like, I remember sitting at a table as a 20 some year old person with seasoned mortgage guys in 2005, 2006, just telling me like, buy as much as you can do all like I, it felt wrong then. And it was wrong. Right. It was bad advice. Right. And so you sit here today and you're like, okay, so like don't fight the current, like go with it. Right. Right. And there's a million things. Right. So in, in your business, right. You're, you're a wholesaler. So like you, you've adjusted, right. You're, you have different buyers. So you're moving the, the, your offers are different. Right. And so like, to me it's no different, but I think that a lot of people, although it's great advice, like, grab as many assets as you can, like play for the long term, right. play for the cash flow. But the problem is that people, I think, have really underestimated the cash flow they need to justify yeah. the asset that they're acquiring and help. Hold I them, agree. Right? I agree. And I think a lot of thing is like.
0: You have a like, I remember owning a ton of rentals in like not the best part of neighborhoods, sure. right? And so you're like, dude, you're getting double digit returns, right? Mm-hmm. And then like every year you got to turn it and. I just remember like I made all my money on my rentals when I sold them and nothing on the cash <laughs> flow, right? And so because of that, Correct. because I have some experience on rentals, now you just analyze rentals different, right? You're like, yeah, that that makes me, you know, 2,500 bucks a year. All right. That's not the greatest deal, right? Unless I got a crap ton of equity sure. or this is something where I know that like, hey, in five years, 10 years, this is something that I want to hold on. So I'm willing to, to gamble those, you know, but if like someone's like trying to get out of the rat race, and right. replace their income yeah. with rental income right which is it's what a lot of people are trying to do, to do in this game right it's like <laughs> it's not the time well, no, no, you, if you get good enough deals if, if, you, if you, know you get good it, enough yeah. deals okay. right right,
2: right but the real question then when you do get that good enough deal like how much equity you leave in that deal to make it make sense. Right. Right. So then you're like, yeah, you can pull the equity out of the asset, like to, to play forward with it. And that's a good strategy. But again, you, you run this line and, and again, I'm going to, I'm a, I'm a lender, right? Like I'm looking at through a different lens. I've seen lots of people ruin their lives by making bad, bad buys yep. on real estate when they could have lent their money and quadrupled it in the yes. same time period. Right. Yes. So I do think that there's this whole conversation about investing in debt versus like actually yeah. uh, owning rentals yep. because I think, you know, if you bought a note or invested in a note, like you're getting those returns. Right. There's a reason There's yeah. a reason yeah. why banks get paid first. Yes. Right. They, they get no, the thing. So I that. think there's a lot of people that underestimate like what like what they're doing, right? Yep. And so it's like, okay, if you were gonna buy a business and a rental to me is a business, right? You're gonna yep. buy a business, it has a PNL. you're gonna look at the top line, you're gonna look at the bottom line, you're gonna look at your management and pieces like that. Like if you're doing that, you A, have to have some expertise in that business where you have to outsource it to someone else, yep. right? And those are expenses you have to equate for. And then you have to figure out is the ROI associated <laughs> with that business makes sense for the acquisition, yeah. right? And obviously debt, equity in that, that piece, like the, you know, like all have to be factored in, right, right? Right. And so for for me, I think people kind of think of it a little differently because real estate's so easy to finance. Yes. Right. Now they start thinking of this not like a business, and they start thinking of it as some other form of a. It's like buying a car or something like that, right? It yeah. doesn't really right. like you still have to evaluate that rental as a business. <clears throat> right. And so and when you do that, your mindset shifts a bit. Mm-hmm. To yeah. You're like, well, if I could get a fixed rate of return that's going to yield me a 15 ROI. Big. Why right. wouldn't I do that? Yes. Right? When I'm investing my capital versus generating equity. I love equity, that. So right? like,
0: just, just to, you know, piggyback off that I have bought zero rentals this year and I've done two private money loans. Right. Just because of that sheer fact, like I want my money to work for me, Exactly. Right? but I don't know if right now is the best time for me to buy a rental. That's right. And because I'm, because I'm in the game and I see it all, like I can wait six months before I
2: buy a deal, but I don't want my money sitting. That's right. Okay. So it's like, dude, let's do a. And you got to know run, the cycle, like... right? So if if you're about to ride an appreciation wave, then all of a sudden, all those things we're talking about kind of get offset by Correct. that, right? Correct. So where you yeah. are depends, like where we are in the cycle, really is going to drive those investment decisions, right. right? But that's just from from my seat all the problems that i see are people being way too loyal to strategies that don't serve them in that moment yes people reading a book and saying hey like i should do x y and z okay i'm gonna go do it well that book was written in 1978 yep right and like like how am i adapting to new kind of strategies right
0: so one very quick question and then i want to get into your background real quick because i think we have some similar stories but um what is what is the debt ratio that you guys are are yeah, requiring so, right now? So we
2: can we can go down to a one. <clears throat> okay, on rate and one, term, rate in right? term. Yep. Are you guys
0: going as high as eighty on uh, rate and term? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah we can do that. Yeah. Okay. yeah for sure.
2: Yeah. So nice. you can go one and eighty, <clears throat> and then your rate. I talked to you. Talked to you. Like I said earlier was like a seventy rate. So, a 70 and a one, you're getting that six and three quarters. And it moves a little bit. Like yesterday, it moved a bit, right? So, let's just say seven, seven, or sorry, six and three quarters to seven, right? Like for that rate term, Um, we can go down to a one. No one's really bossy enough to go below one right now, nor should anyone have a rental below one. That's a whole different conversation. Right? unless um, you're hedge fund that
0: just throwing away money yeah i
2: mean whatever <laughs> you can do whatever you want like that you know right. everyone has their own choices but yeah for the most part for our product range um you're going to do that and then for like the airbnb world we can take 90 percent of uh air dna okay. uh, provided that like certain factors are in line Got right and it. so uh, there's some ltv caps and some yeah. other things yeah, like yeah. that right oh, that's awesome uh, but yeah so like it's it's becoming <clears throat> It's getting closer to where it was. It's not as good as it used to be, where it's like, give me an appraisal and then throw the Airbn air DNA in the right. in the file and close that yeah, thing based yeah. on a one DSCR. But yeah. um, but yeah, no, we're definitely competitive when it comes to that stuff. Awesome, man.
0: And so we talked a lot about solving problems. Yeah. Right. So what are some of the problems that people are coming to you sure. with and how are you helping them solve it?
2: Well, I think the like realistically, the biggest problem that exists right now is um you know in the last three years it was really easy to get private money Mm -hmm. yeah right really easy right and all these lenders were just like printing money securitizing on wall street it was just just super (coughs) easy for them to execute that uh where we are today all the consequences of those kind of like lack of real solid decision making all exists Right. So what we're running, what we're running into now is these lenders are, are kind of moving and shifting their box all the time. So for me, I think the biggest problem that that exists right now is like, Hey, I used to go to this lender and I keep going to this lender. And as a result of going to that lender, I don't realize I'm getting boxed in Right. right? because I had a guy, well, that doesn't matter when your guys handcuffed to wall street and wall street's making decisions associated with them right Mm. so for us you know we have kind of three or four different solid buckets of capital that we're accessing and then we are kind of you know for lack of a better term you know if somebody tries to move the goalposts on you we swap you out to someone else at the last minute right it gives us a lot of competitive advantage and the same thing is a lot of our kind of connections in the marketplace they're calling all day long saying hey I got this problem. We moved the goalpost on one of my best clients. I need to help him out and figure mm. out these. All those people have relationships with people that work at those lenders, yeah. right? Yeah. And your guy who you worked with, um, you know, he's trying to do right by you, but he gets boxed in. Right. Right. So it's like, okay, well, how do I solve this problem? You know, right. I got, and it, so we're getting those phone calls and we're kind of solving just by knowing people at other places and understanding their their kind of guidelines so we can move for that kind of- Right, right. So in a sense,
0: from. like you're kind of, JVing in a way, sure. Yeah, they are. Lenders. No, I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, a lot of circumstances, you know, relationships that we've had for a really long time. You know, they're constantly like, "Hey, we're looking for the right type of deal." Right. Help me right. find that. It's no different, right? Like, yeah. and I think that gets lost in this is whether you're <clears throat> on the lending side of the business, whether you're on the debt side of the business, whether you're doing JV equity, whatever the scenario is. Like, people are just looking for good deals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good deal yeah. flow, right? And so, um, and they're trying to avoid bad deals right? It's no different. So we get those calls and, you know, yeah, we have relationships with people that can like make that happen.
0: Right. So what what are you seeing right now? New loans, Mm
2: -hmm. right? New, new borrowers, um,
0: people trying to get into new properties, not getting out of that service or with that service, stuff like that. What are you guys seeing right now? Like, are you guys seeing as a wholesaler, right? Just asking, um, are you guys seeing a lot of big rehabs, little rehabs? Are you seeing, um, you know, cookie cutter houses, sure. less cookie cutter houses. Obviously, we talked about new construction and stuff like that. But like, what well, what are you guys seeing right now on the front end, new loans? Yeah, for us wholesalers, like, hey, these guys are doing a lot of loans. So aside, I mean, people, right like,
2: now, so we have the same <coughs> dynamic on our side of the business that that a wholesaler does, right? So correct. people want this product. So what the market is dying for is DSCR loans that are at today's rates. To offset bad decisions they made okay and they're looking for fix and flip loans uh because they're just they're such a so everyone did such a great job in the last three years of like burning inventory yep. that there's just not enough fix and flip loans right now right. right right so they're trying to because again most of these larger institutions made commitments and built kind of like secured securitizations and and kind of uh large financial products to support a certain amount of volume. Yeah. And so now they're all panicking to get to a world where they can fill those buckets, mm. right? So you have those situations. So what I'd say is like our fl- our deal flow, and, and you know, we, we talk because, you know, your strategy of kind of outbound calling and, and yep. hunting down people through public record, that's what we do, right? Like that's our world too, right? We're looking through and saying, hey, who's borrowing money where? And like, how can we, uh, how can yeah. we help them yeah. get a better solution? So when we call people, right we're calling them and saying hey you know you know what are you buying right and everyone is like i mean we can tell you we make a thousand phone calls this month everyone's like well i'm not really i'm not really sure i you know i'd yeah. buy if i could i mean you're, you're probably getting the same call from your 100 your right 100%. and, and we we always ask the same question Would i got something at 50 cents on the erv do you want it and they say yes right there's not a, not a hesitation right but everyone's kind of like correct like trying to figure out correct. so for us we have a lot of people trying to to permanent debt on their on their purchases that they have yeah. in queue, right? That's the number one thing, right? Got it. We're we're getting a like I said, we have, a, we have a large amount. There's more demand for new construction than yeah. there is supply. Yeah. Right. Got so it. the new construction place, and and right now, uh, smartly, uh, most of the most of the kind of larger funds are saying, "Hey, I don't want to do anything with anyone who's not done new construction before. You yeah. got to have some experience in this right. in this world." Which caps that. So there's a whole yep. world yep. of people trying to figure out how to get into it, got and it. we have a couple of different solutions to solve for that problem. But that's a big thing. Yep. And so yeah. So for us, I mean, in my my kind of like kind of a breakdown of this and we can not jump in if you think I'm saying like we're we're seeing guys trying to fix debt problems like long-term debt problems that they have and we're guys who have queued up tons of new construction deals which are solid because you know a lot of these new construction deals are equivalent to really juicy fix and flip deals Uh, but you have to get underwriters comfortable with the idea that, Hey, it's an 18 month turn for this thing. Right. Who who knows? 18 months ago, like just look at the last 18 months and see what that is. Right. right? Right, right, right. So it's kind of this weird kind of world that we're living in where there's a ton of demand. Yeah. Um, and the supply is per, is like purposely kind of being held back Right. because again, I, I wouldn't lend in a lot of circumstances to a newer guy who's just done $20,000, uh, you know, rehab projects yeah, to do yeah. a $400,000 build. It's just not <clears> in the cards. So right? what do they
0: have to do? Like get a sponsor or something? Yeah, at effectively. That point? I mean,
2: if you have the right contractor in the right market, we can make it happen. Right. But you need to make sure you're checking all those boxes and you got to right, be really right. clean on your process. Yeah, Right. Got it, got and it. so we've gotten it okay. done, but like, you know, you just got to understand the mindset of being like, know, what are we signing up for as a, as right. a lending right. organization if we're dealing with people that haven't really right. Right. done this? Before.
0: Which is good, right? Well, like-
2: great. I mean, look, look, if, if you care about this space, correct. We can't have the the ship sink. Yes, right, right. Yes. So like solid loans, people acting ethically, right, all these things. Right, like right. if you don't do that, if we don't protect it a little bit, correct, like, right, like yeah. you know the 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 unnecessary regulation is going to come down, yes. super hard, yes, right. Yes. We, we we need to make sure that we're policing this a bit ourselves, right. It's true. It's you know true. what I mean. I'm just just throwing it out
0: there. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it is. No, is. it's true, man. And and I think that like we just got out of that wave where like. Kind of like you said, anybody can get anything. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're yeah. Like, hey. And people are paying for that
2: right now. Just like right. I mean, Well, I, you know, not everyone's like in the same world that Rick and I are living, but yeah. like lots of very successful brands are going out of business. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and just like, and you know why? Because they made very bad loans over the course of time. Yeah. Right. Or they're just stuck in this like weird capital space where right. like it, the pinch of the high interest rates and the availability mm-hmm. of capital is just not there anymore. Yeah. where
1: they were over leveraged. Sure. I mean there's you know, lots of situations. There's plenty of times where you know we were talking before the show, you know, 2019 thoughts of private lending, yeah. you know, where you can get the whole thing financed, right? There's so many uh people that talk about you can get your first deal with no cash down, 100% yeah. financing, right? Plenty of material on it, but in this market it doesn't work. Right. So right. You have a bunch of people that are getting ready to enter that my note is due And I'm at 100% leverage, (laughs) but I don't have my 20 to 30% down in equity because my value went this way and then then went down this way. And that's another place where investors are kind of getting caught with their pants down, you know, and that's where we're able to kind of offer that solution. Is it really the best play to keep this project? Is it the best play to maybe sell it? Right. Right. what other factors do you have going on could it be uh, a different strategy that you're trying to implement right right there's th- so many different strategies when it comes to real estate you know we're doing the we're talking about bird we're talking about creating cash flows through rentals but what about people that do 1031s and just sort of using it as a tax play right. Right? right how many people are still getting outbid just because people need to go ahead and put their money in a property so they don't have to pay taxes correct which the is little a little cost whole... segregation
0: correct
2: and
1: all that stuff that that's what I, that's what forced me to buy
0: rentals of course right, <laughs> right. it's just right. like dude i need to do some cost. yeah i mean stuff and- i've
2: known i've known lots of like smart people that buy and hold yeah. real estate exclusively for tech benefits right Correct. right and Correct. everything else is like hey that's just not the best way to generate right revenue yeah right yeah. but it's a great way to do that and look yep. i i'm I'm hardly the one to, to tell people what to do when it comes to some of this stuff. I mean, my personal my personal belief, I'm big on creative finance. I'm b- big on buying stuff on seller financing. Like, I, I think there is a world for all of it. Yeah. I just think that everyone needs to know where they are in this life cycle, understand their cash position and understand what they can handle. Right. And I think what we're finding right now is there's a ton of people that you know, aren't aware. You know, I think I, I heard Gary Vee once on a podcast say something like, uh you know self-awareness is a superpower yeah Right, you got to know where you are correct right so that you can make the right decision for correct. you right and just because everyone says bye 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 or everyone says you know yeah kick the can down the road it's yes. not necessarily the, the right move for you right? right and so if we're doing the right thing and we're being honest about what we're doing then like all of these things kind of come together
0: yeah no that's huge man and, and like you kind of got to like check yourself right because in an environment where everybody's winning, it's easy to not care about that. Stuff, exactly. Right. And then, when you're not winning as much, then it becomes a internal thing of like, well, shit, that guy keeps winning, so I need to do this. Like, no, like different
2: strategies.
1: Like, you can't play keeping up with the Joneses. <clears throat> yeah, but so what correct. I will
2: tell you though, so this is why you have to understand where you are in this space. Like, to me, buying on seller finance right now. Where you can get below market interest rates yeah. is an absolute game changer. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've I've bought a few. I mean, he was still laugh, like, where Cam <clears> was <throat> laughing at me. One I have under contract right now. Like I'm getting below market interest rates. I'm taking six months of free payments. It basically totally supports what I'm what I'm going to do from a rehab standpoint on the right. property. Yep. I'm going to hold the thing for five years. I know what I'm going to do, right? But I'm playing that based on this idea that I'm getting a what, 4% interest rate on right, that, right? right? Like I'm not paying the above market interest rate and I see the income potential when I get this thing done. It's a three yeah. unit, right? So yeah. like when I go through that, that makes sense to me, right? right. And so, um, you know, I just think that we all have to be really honest with ourselves with where we are and then take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves, right. right? If someone's selling a property and they're not gonna make any money, they should turn around and sell it on, a, a, on seller financing. But for my end, I'm I'm not holding a lot of those as rentals and selling them as wraps, Yeah. Right. Like because yeah, again, I'd rather own a note in this environment than I'm in a rental, right? right? Yeah. Because this like I'm taking a deal that doesn't have a ton of equity and I'm creating a massive cash flow associated with that, right? Right. at least from, from right. my perspective. Yeah. Right. And so it's all about making sure that you're playing the right card at the right time in the game, right? You're yeah. not you're not going and just trying to say, hey, I it works when I throw the ace, right? Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not as simple right. as that.
0: So Scott, how would you get into the game? Because you, you briefly mentioned, got right out of school, a dinner apprenticeship, right? Yeah.
2: So, like- so, so I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a crazy person, right? So, I, <laughs> I, I would, I would recommend this strategy, but I moved from, from the Northeast to Tucson, Arizona. And I was like, I got to get in this real estate thing. And so I needed a job by Monday. So I called, and this is like predates everyone's, like, you know, and another, like, i called every we buy houses ad in the yellow pages. <laughs> Hell yeah. Until someone said, uh, come on down. You're I've like, I've heard of the yellow pages. Yeah. I've never seen yeah. one yeah. myself. But so I, call, I called every we buy houses ad, right? And there was a dude, baby crying, whatever, whatever. And like I stumbled in there and uh, he was he was cool enough to offer me a job for next to nothing. Yep. But like very quickly kind of, kind of kind of took to it. And so to me, though, my big thing um, and that was like, you know, he he sat me down on day one. I was like, listen, I gonna have to do some really dumb shit. Right. Uh, but like, pay attention to what it is, read what it is. Right. And what was I doing on day one? I was going through <clears throat> mortgage foreclosure records to see what the bid amount was to see what that was and kind of setting up. To bid at foreclosure sale because this was 2002 right so it was it was hot but it wasn't like Hell burning yeah. up yet right? Right, right, right and so we were one of the groups that had you know i had a <clears throat> i had a guy i got from col- college he was down at the steps with a headset on and we we're like we're like jamming through property records yep. and giving them bids at the table, right? And so we got, we had a really good strategy going there. And there was a couple of other, other kind of like things we were doing, but we were mailing foreclosures. We were, right, we were right. knocking on doors. We were doing everything that you would normally do yep. or people were doing now uh in the dark ages of not having all the information <laughs> yeah. right hey, so I like i had people down imagine, i had people bro. down at the courthouse looking right, up, like just, looking up yeah, records and stuff yeah. right so uh nowadays it's like i mean google yeah with, you know, with like prop stream alone you can pretty bro. much like take over the world i can't right?
0: even imagine what it's like to have a seller say yeah, come look at the house and then have to go there without my yeah. maps, GPS on my <laughs> yeah. phone. Like, how do I get to dude, your house? I, had this, I had this
2: like thick map book because I had never been, I don't right. really live in that city for like, dude, like, exactly, long, right? exactly. And I was like in the, it was in the craziest parts of town, trying to get people to sign contracts on right. kitchen tables. Right. <laughs> but I'm like flipping through the map book and like that kind of thing. But like, but that's just the, the world. But I, I learned uh, like a lot of valuable lessons, lessons there. But like the, the number one I learned was that like, renting houses is a pain in the ass right like you have to be good at managing oh yeah and so for me the thing that like you know, everything we were doing, we were, we were buying and selling on lease option, everything that we were selling on lease option still has such a headache associated. Oh, yeah. As much as you want to push that off, yep. you're, a t- you're a landlord, you're responsible for it. Correct. And so you go through this Correct. whole process, no matter how great you think your agreement is, like it's going to get thrown out in court, Yeah. right? You have yeah. to, you have to act as it, like as, it's, as a landlord. And so just going through it. And then I was like, Oh, we were doing some of these reps and I'm like, well, what was that yeah like that's yeah. a whole different thing yeah oh no. you can be on the bank and like you can yeah, assume other yeah. debt without actually like there was a whole game changer for me uh so that's kind of like what pushed me down that road right so was, when
0: did you get into the money game
2: so, sounds like that's what, yeah that part, so like, we're buying houses yeah so we, we were making private loans right okay, okay. and so like basically as a a shop like you know i, I don't know how much you actually bought like retain versus wholesale. But when someone would sell a property to us, we gave them options to say, hey, we'll buy it outright. We'll give you an equity loan. We'll do some of these other things, right? And so we were making loans and underwriting loans just like we normally would um, in second position and you know, effectively second position bridge loans, right? So we were doing that and then we were buying notes at the same time. So that was like where my interest really kind of got got peaked. And then from there, I stumbled into um, like just working on the MPLs through the crash right? And that was a really lucrative business, right? Because there was just a ton of assets that were just, you know, jettisoned out into the world. Yeah. And so we did that. And then that kind of naturally morphed into the, because, you know, when you're doing that game, you're basically rehabbing homes, right? You're taking, no. you're taking property back or you're coordinating sales. Correct. And so Correct. you basically get through that wave. And then it was like, okay, well, we just rehabbed a bunch of homes. So now we have a team and an expertise associated with yeah. lending right? And with rehab lending. So we just rolled straight into that, right? So yeah. we have, we have a kind of a, a na- I had kind of a natural life cycle to get through it. Right. But from where, where I'm sitting, it's like, it it all makes sense. Like, I think when people really try way too hard to make this stuff complicated, it's not complicated, Yeah, right? Underwriting a, a mortgage versus underwriting a, a property for acquisition versus, you know, uh, looking at, uh, at a borrower's kind of track record and credit versus looking at <laughs> uh, a tenant's, uh, ability to pay. These are all the same. Right. Techniques, right. Yeah. you know, yeah. managing a mortgage or servicing a mortgage <clears throat> or managing a property are the same thing. Right. These are not two different sides of the coin. Yeah. And for us, and for me, you know, I've always been attracted to the debt side of it. Right. For, for, for a variety of reasons, but like the number one being that you like, there's a reason why all the financial institutions in this yeah. country prefer. No, that's debt, huge, man. It's right? funny. I was
0: just at the, uh, I was in South, South Florida, Miami at the IMN event, Mm -hmm. single family. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And um, one of the dudes because we sponsor, right? So one of the dudes stopped by my booth and um, he was like, yeah, man, we really hit it off because he was a wholesaler Yep. and then graduated into the note world, right? And so we're just and, you know, we're trying to um, we're talking to him about because we know some people that did um a lot of loans some of them are non-performing sure and, you know, so we're trying to and they got into the non-performing loan world
2: yeah right and NPL, right i just wanted to clarify i mean it's, it's oh yeah sorry I didn't yeah but yeah. like to me it's all the same thing right like so again you're buying an asset what's it secured by correct and like it's no different than evaluating <clears throat> a, a wholesale property right yeah it's the same it, thing yeah. like what's it secured by how easy is it for me to access i mean if you talk to anyone in in the non-performing space they're gonna they're gonna talk about and ask about like where's it located? What's the, is you know is it a j- judicial foreclosure? How easy is it, it to evict? Yeah, yep. it's like all it's there. all the easy. Yep. It's all the same stuff. Right, right, so, right, right. 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 So, But it's a awesome, relationship man. thing,
0: you know. Right, that's so. cool, man. So how'd you get into the game?
1: So for me, man, I got into uh, fixing and flipping in 2020. Okay. I only did three of them, but um, <clears throat> I did awesome. them all in uh, Riverview area. I also had one off of Melson. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Melson was my first property. It had a big old hole in the roof yeah 2020 it's uh i think we closed on it for 34 35 and uh then we sold it i think we sold it for uh 65 70 if i'm not mistaken and um nelson that's five four right Three, yeah two, five, five yeah five four yeah yeah okay. or is it uh one eight i think five four is uh lem turner okay lem turner riverview area. Got it, got it. Okay. yeah Um, I had two houses over there. Got it. So, um, yeah, I got into it, uh, doing fixing and flipping. I had dealt with tenants and kind of like Scott was saying, you know, dealing with tenants is something I decided, like, I don't want to do, um, (laughs) my personal experience is, Hey, you didn't pay the rent when the, uh, eviction moratorium was going on, right. Where we couldn't, where we couldn't couldn't evict anybody, right. Because of the pandemic and once it was lifted. And I was able to go ahead and you know do the eviction. I was met with, come to the house, I'll beat your ass, you know. Yeah. So I was like, ah, I'm, I'm oh, like buck yeah, thirty right? on a good day, buck <laughs> thirty five, six foot. I'm not, I'm not gonna take that chance. Welcome to Jackson. Welcome to Jacksonville. <laughs> dude, it's only awesome. a duval thing, you know. Yep. And um, from there I went ahead and I really went into the uh, the mortgage space. Got. It. Um, really went ahead and just dove into it, took the exam, passed that joined dlp and then uh now i'm with scott and we're killing it hell yeah man i think yeah. we've closed almost uh six million in the past six months or so no shit yeah, so on my you're, end you're,
2: yeah, we're, yeah we're, it's been great yeah yeah, dude, dude, that's awesome really well yeah, man. Yeah, so yep. great.
1: dude
0: that's awesome man um it's funny that, that you mentioned that because that's kind of a very similar to my journey yeah right like right out of high school um i was going to community college my brother took me to a real estate event and a week later, I dropped out of college to go work for <laughs> yeah, great, to I mean, go work for a real estate investor. Like, yeah, yeah so, went to work, and I was like, "Dude, I don't got to pay. I don't got to get paid nothing. I'm just here to learn." Yeah, Right. and then you
2: just learn the industry yeah, man. Way, like it's really interesting for me. Like I, I, had, I had been reading stuff and trying to. You know, I connected with a few people, and it was just randomly chose to move across the country, and it was like, <clears> "All right, well, I got to pay rent, so I got to figure this yeah. out." And so, uh, I just figured the quickest way to to learn was to kind of model someone else, and so I. You know found someone who was interested and willing and you know we, we had a good trade going so every, everything worked out really well yeah but yeah so
0: so so what are you guys seeing on the money side of, of the back end right because yeah. it still fluctuates for sure all the time right like yeah sure. really close with the people over at rcn yep really close with a couple other you know hard money lenders private yep. money lenders and
2: yeah
0: and like every day it's like volatile right every like day. hey I, every day Yep. Today the rates are great. Tomorrow the rates are not so great. They were yeah. better yesterday. I think, they like, might if you be pull that tomorrow. curtain
2: back, what's really happening, right? So you have your core primary source of funds, yep. right? And that's kind of been creeping up, right, over time. Uh, but then your other side of it is that, like, all of these larger organizations, you know, and I can't speak for them specifically, but they like score deals to get cheaper money for like a window of time.
1: Got it. Right. Right. Yeah. And then
2: like all of a sudden the rate, you'll see that, right? All of <coughs> a sudden the rates move. And it's not that they're like their situation um, like fluctuates so much. It's more the fact that, like, hey, we just kind of scored like a trade that would make a lot of sense that could get us cheaper money for a time for a window of time. Got and it. then they go and seize that opportunity, and then it's like, okay, that bucket world, that Got bucket it. filled that up and sense. now we gotta that go find sense. another yeah, one, right? right so right, right, okay, and, right. and look, I, I sympathize completely with lots of people in that space because that world is is completely crazy. And a lot of times um, those groups are taking major risk yeah. on like a forward trade that they're going to be able to execute on that. Right, right. Right. And they go and bundle up a bunch of this stuff and then they go to make that trade. And you know, look, there's a lot smarter, more smarter people in this business than I am. Right. <laughs> and so they, they can score those things and make that happen. But like, I think that that's what's happening. Right. So that market fluctuation might not be as broad as it, as it, as it seems. Uh, but I think just generally speaking, everything is this tr- like just, creeping up on a certain trajectory yeah and until the cost of capital comes back down mm-hmm. you're gonna we're gonna be riding that roller coaster right, right. It's gonna keep and what, going and what are
0: your thoughts on it coming back down
2: yeah i, I i'm not super good with that i think yeah. like look the reality is like what if you if you pay attention to what everyone's saying they need to see a certain amount of like pain for that to come back down right and right like you can argue what indicator that's true it's like the best scenario and like i think there's a level of frustration there that they're like hitting the pain button and it's not corresponding to real like the real metrics now i don't know enough to say whether or not like that's the way the solution because they are correlating hey unemployment was high when the inflation was low so we got to get to those numbers right? right right uh but but i i like everyone i talk to is like you know the middle of 24 is where like it's going to be really good for the business that i'm in right yeah, now yeah so I'm kind the of going thing. Off of, yeah i'm kind of going off of that so like really smart people yeah. that control lots of money in the space are seem seem to be posturing for like the middle of 24. right and so like to me i'm kind of thinking that we're going to see whether it goes back to where it was that's a whole different conversation yeah. but i do think we'll see a little bit of a we'll see it come back to earth a little bit yeah and, and
0: you're echoing a lot of what they said down at the single family forum right, event right right because that's why i go like i yeah, just want exactly. to hear what the hedge funds are, what are the big guys doing and if the big of guys course. are seeing right and so um that was that was a lot of it is like 2023 is just going to be kind of a wash year, and like yep. right. 2024 we should start to see some activity pick up and and yep. a lot more um just everybody entering the space aggressive again. Yeah, right? I think,
2: and I think so. I think you know sometimes perception creates reality, right? Correct. And correct. so like I think there's a, a combination of these things. I think the narrative that you just said that twenty three is kind of a wash, right? Like I think that that is like widely <clears throat> shared. Correct. And I think that sometimes that conversation is just going to create that. Yes, right? I agree. Uh, But at the same time, I, I know enough people <clears throat> on like executive leadership and all the large private lenders that are all kind of echoing the same thing as far yes. as twenty mid 24 is where right. things are going to come back right. to, to like, go back to where it seemingly should be or would. Right. Right? right, right. But I think we also have to just realize that like, you know, when I f- was starting to do single family rental loans, like the rates were where they are today. Yeah. Yes. So let's not pretend that like this is an unmanageable Correct. situation, Correct. right? Yeah. It's like, just a shock because what exactly. we just came from. Right. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. So like, Correct. let's not all of a sudden just like think that this is some crazy world that, like, right? Right. Because when I, I remember the first single-family rental loan my team did when I was at one of our, my prior lenders, it was like seven and three quarters. Like, yeah. That's where we are today. Yep. Right. And so um, the the deals have the pencil, but what happened in the between those two goalposts? The asset value is shot through the roof. Right. Right. And so now it's super hard to get under that hurdle. Right. That's where our problem is. Like a lot yeah. of our builders, they have trouble hitting that one DSCR because they built these beautiful correct. homes. Right. Correct. And the asset value is so much higher, but the rent can only go so, so high. So right. Right. And so we run into those problems all the time.
0: Yeah. So what, what are you, what are you guys seeing? Are you guys doing a lot of built to rent stuff?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And
0: so when you say like new constructions, a lot of it built to rent? Uh, or? A good portion of it. But okay. again,
2: a lot of people were forced into that, right? So right. when the market was super okay. hot, like people yeah. were playing into it. We do have large institutions that are still buying a lot of that up. Yeah. But you'll have builders right now that are making that choice, right? Do I exit at prices today? Do I... Roll this forward twelve months, twenty four months, thirty six right. months, right? <clears throat> uh, so most of the more experienced and more more uh, successful builders I know have always been tucking away rentals, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they'll build yeah. for keep one, build four, keep one. Right. And so, you know, not a true, Hey, I'm building a community for rent, but like they're just kind of building a portfolio, but I'm getting a lot of calls from the same, same people who are like, Hey, like, what would it look like for me to keep 20 of these things?
0: Right. Right. right.
2: And and I don't blame them in this market condition right now, like where we are, they still have a certain level of out of state demand, especially the Florida based builders. But like, you know, are you, would you be willing to keep a, you know, take a certain haircut when you could just kick the can 12 months, right, you right. know, get get decent financing on it if it penciled right. and, and hang on to the asset. So in those situations, that makes complete sense to me, right? Especially yeah. if they're, they're effectively building build-the-rank communities, right? Right.
0: So how much would you say, like, are, are you guys seeing a lot of bridge loans right now? Like like everyone to, wants to a bridge to, loan, but it's, it's hard to get the right, right? bridge yeah. loan. Right? right.
2: So, because again, the same way, the, the liquidity, let, I mean, rent, you know, what what are you going to ask? Right. If I came to you and said, Hey, you know, let me 50 grand on this house. You'd be like, right. Or how are you paying me off? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. What are we, are we doing this again in right. 12 months? Right. right, right so it's yeah. the same conversation where they're like, Hey, you're just trying to avoid the 8% rental loan. Right. The 7% right. rental loan. And you're going to kick the can down the road but like what are we doing yeah right like yeah or do you have a plan yeah does it actually have a positive NOI right now? Right. like right. those are the questions they're asking so i think it's pretty easy to get if you're if you're like a 65 ltv or lower you have you know resources as far as being able to put a couple payments up up front yeah you have a legitimate which that's cash- tough dude that's tough yeah, to do man. Yeah. yeah i mean
0: it's tough to do based off of how people were buying last year sure. right Correct. no one cared about 65 ltv right. yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, dude, yeah. i'll be in an 80 ltv but by the time i'm done i'll really be into a 70 ltv because the value is here but look, and, people you know, have their
2: reasons for holding assets but that's another reason like what right. are you what are you doing right like why why <laughs> would you hang on to it like if you have a if you have a play that makes sense like i mean i have one right now on my desk where they need a bridge loan for 12 months while they get the plans and permits done for what they needed, to do, like this expansion. They think they can turn it into a two-unit. Yes. Like, cool. Like, that's a you have a business plan that makes right. sense, right, right. right? But if you're just trying to avoid getting a rental loan to try to see if the rates come down, like, yeah, it's gonna be hard. Right. And why would you tie your 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 equity up that Correct. long? Like, Correct. what are you doing? And right? people don't. I feel like
0: people don't really. Uh, they underestimate the fees during sure. the loan, which I mean, obviously it plays a fact, right? Like, dude, I yes. got I got an. It's it's not a crazy amount, right? But it's like, dude, another when you talk about the the long term cash flow, yeah. You go to refinance, it's another, you know, five to ten grand. 100%. That just eight. Four or five years of cash flow right it's like dude just sell it's the like things. double selling a. yeah we talked
2: about earlier like double closing double a wholesale closing, deal right, when you have like when you're making 10 grand like make no like sense. that makes you're no just, sense let's right, just assign right. it yeah but it's yep. the same way as when you yeah. buy that like we all know when you the transactional cost of buying and selling real estate is a real thing it's the same thing with the financing cost, yes right Capital you b- costs. bake that in any way you want you're going to have to make yeah. sure that it makes sense yep right
0: so so what does it look like right now to get a loan from you guys basic fix and flip loan
2: I mean it's it's the same <coughs> world that everyone's been operating in, right? Ken. You got to have a business plan that makes sense. Yeah. You got to have numbers that make sense, Yeah. right? And like, you know, we can give loans to new newcomers, right? But like the reality is the, you know, if if you've proven yourself and that's not a lot, right? That's like four or five deals in the last yeah. couple of years, then then it, the world opens up, right? right? Because right, right, again right, like right. we talked about earlier, like there is an appetite for fix and flip loans. Yeah. As long as everything pencils. Right. Right. Right? right. So yeah. yeah.
0: So as far as um, someone has a deal, they get it under contract with a wholesaler,
1: right? What do they do next? Hit you up. They can hit us up. Absolutely. And we're able to also cover some wholesale costs in the financing.
2: Yeah. So like, I mean, we we have a pretty aggressive, like we have access to a, a few pretty aggressive programs, right? The one that we kind of pride ourselves on the most, like truly allows you to bake in payments it makes in, like you know bakes in a bunch of these costs and kind of allows allows for what we're can like so you know not to give a lot a lot of advice to people right in the fix and flip game but like way too many people run out of cash yeah based on debt service alone right not Mm. versus not also not having enough money in the deal so we we went and we kind of Put together a program that we think is pretty aggressive when it comes to making sure payments can get baked in and capitalized and then also making sure that like it's the most flexible of like abilities to pay for rehab costs and things like that so yeah, like yeah. for for us like we're trying to put people in a position to be successful we have a, we have a business where our reputation matters to us mm-hmm, right yeah. and so Absolutely. we're we're not trying to put people in loans that aren't good for them right and so when we we have these conversations right like it's about okay I Like, tell me your experience in this, you know, show us what you're going to do. Show us the numbers on this. Like, have, do you have some form of a way to make and execute this project and how can we put you in a position to win? Right. And way too many people make way too many bad decisions because they're, they're worried about the wrong things, right? Mm. The real things you need to concern yourself with as an investor is like, okay, if we're going to be real leverage. Yes. And. And like, what is your capital expenditure to get from A to B? Right. Right. And so way too often people were like, well, I need to get the best interest rate. Well, that's, that's like homeowner thinking. Yes. Right. Yes. That's homeowner thinking. Right. I would pay 18% all day for the right loan. 100%. Right. Versus paying 6% for the wrong loan.
0: Dude, I raised private money last year at 14%. Right. Because I was doing, I had, I was selling to a bunch of hedge Mm -hmm. funds. Yep. So I was just double closing. That's right. So it just made sense because I was like, dude, if I'm paying one point every time I do a transactional funding, That's right. Let me just raise some private money. I will pay you a shit ton of money. Doesn't matter because I'm making this money, right? Right. Um, and but so this just totally to agree. Whole
2: idea of like whether or not people are making reasonable decisions right. versus like you know yeah like if you're buying a house for your like a home, right? Yeah, You need to get, and you're going to get a 30-year loan. Right. Like a 20, right. uh, 25 basis points makes a huge difference, yes. right? Correct. Paying an origination point makes a huge difference. You got to look at this like a business, Correct. right? And Correct. if you're looking at a business, hey, where do you go where you can use third-party equity? Mm. Right? Where can you go where you don't need to income and asset verify? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where can you go where you're going to go to a place where like they're going to capitalize payments for you? Like that's the solutions we have, right? right? right We're gonna come up, because like, again, if you want to really scale your business, right, you have to systematize this thing so you don't have to make decisions all the time, and you got to figure out a way to like use the debt as accelerant, yes, right? And right. way too often people use the debt as like like uh, like a like a stool, right? Yeah. You need you need it to be gas on your fire, right. and that means that you need to know who you're gonna build with, <clears throat> you need to have a plan, you need to be able to execute it quickly, you need to have all these things, and so way too many poor decisions are made based on like like the wrong thought process
0: yeah right you want to yeah.
2: hold something for term worry about interest rate yeah yep. you you know that matters if you live there right correct it doesn't matter yeah, if you it's, that. yeah it's
0: a matter of like are you gonna make 30 grand or 27 grand right. right
1: and I'd love to add on top of that you know um when it comes to looking at this as a business you should be looking at it from the overall cost of capital and the loan amounts. You'll have a bunch of different lenders that'll say, Hey, I'll give you a 65%, but hundred percent of the rehab, right. Or 70%, 75% or hundred percent of the rehab at the end of the day, everybody has a threshold. Yeah. What is your actual numbers and the cost of capital? And then how do we go ahead and get you to close? Right. That's right. really what it comes down to.
2: Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. You know, what, and so like you said, you raised 14% <clears throat> money, right? So if, if you're trying to take your business from doing singles to doing like you know, four at a time. Right. 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 So my biggest fear is I would have my cash, my my debt service is going to crush me, right? And I don't have enough equity to execute my project. Right. 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 And so, how do I figure out a solution where I can use third mar- third party money? I can come up with a scenario where I uh, where I don't have to worry about monthly debt service so that I can kind of guarantee to my investors what I'm going to be able to perform for them. And then I don't have to worry about the phone calls and worry about the stress of that, because unfortunately, when you're doing four deals at a time or three deals at a time, it's still you and a truck. Correct. And three projects, Correct. right? And people get buried, right? right? Because right. they aren't thinking about how to run a business. They're thinking right. about how like how I'm going to I'm going to be the guy who does ten deals a month. Like, yeah. you don't, you get there organically. Everyone who's really good at this. Correct. Right. Doesn't worry about the like those things. They, they organically grow. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's just <clears throat> like the sky opens up for them when they start doing the right things.
0: Right. Right. That's awesome, man. So so what are you guys most excited about right now? Like, is it products? Is it expansion? I know you, I know you mentioned earlier your you guys have a title company like what, what does that look like? Like, yeah, so like, well, multiple things or
2: yeah, no, like from for for us, like you mentioned in the beginning of this, right? Like we're trying to solve problems because we feel like if you're going to add like the best way to add value in the marketplace is to be the solutions. Yeah, especially right. especially right now. Right. Yeah. Right. So so <clears throat> when we look at this, we feel really comfortable in saying that, like, hey, we can dissect your, let's call it your, your deal that's sideways and come up with the best possible scenarios. And then, you know, whether it be title, whether it be any of the other third parties, like we're aligning ourselves with groups that kind of, uh, follow in our same mindset, right? We, we want like you, if you call me tomorrow and said, Hey, I got this problem. I got like, I got to figure this thing out. I got to do this. I got to finance it. I got this, like, we're going to be like, all right, cool. Like we have a team, we have, a variety of different resources. Yep. And I might say, Hey, you know what, dude, like, that's not going to work. But if you do X, Y, or Z, let's make that happen. Right. right. And so like, for us, that's where we're like, we kind of pride ourselves on that. So what we're most excited is like, you know, we're still growing, right? Yep. So um, we, we're we relatively new in our life cycle of this. And so, um, you know, we are lucky enough that where we are right now is like, we're in like, full on outreach mode, right? All day long, people calling people in this space and coming up with like, literally kind of showing them that we have a different way of doing business. right? And way too often, right? We call people, right, who are successful in this, like you wouldn't believe, right? Because we have all the data, we know what people are doing. We call them up and we say, hey, uh, you know, uh, can we talk about different solutions that we provide? And like, oh, I got a guy. Well, again, we know where you got your guy is. Right. right? right? And that's like saying, I got a guy who sells me Honda accords right great that's awesome right but you know sometimes you need f-150 Yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. you need a ferrari yep. sometimes you need yep. you know uh an e-bike whatever that's, that thing is It's and, so true man and that's like our world and so <laughs> we pride ourselves in solving these these problems that's by having right. a variety of these options uh but the reality of the situation is that like you know if nothing else we're like Educating people on the better way of doing right, this. There's right, right. just such an easier way. Yeah, like it doesn't need to be this difficult. Right, right. I love
0: that, man, because I think that yeah. like when you come in with solution-oriented first, yeah. yes. right, like you'll just naturally add value. And in a world where everybody's been sold a dream and yeah. not you don't right. get that reality check, right? Like, yeah, past two markets or past two years, like. Yeah. everybody's you, been being sold yeah, you didn't need that video video reality dream. check yeah that's right, right? you didn't yeah. need that reality yep check. and and now like you can't count on your guy yeah. to give you that reality check it, yeah you know well, i mean look so, and, and
2: i get there's a lot of really good people that are helping and they work right but right. it's it's like dude if you only have one recipe yeah like you can yes. only execute that's one so recipe, funny right? we,
0: we call it a one trick pony sure right? right and in this market you can't be you a one trick pony. pony, dude. Nah. No, we, we say it all the time. Nah. Right. Yeah, we were that one trick pony just solely selling to hedge funds. Right. Right. And in a great market, you can be that one trick pony. Yep. Market gets weird. Like you have to have. Well, we had to pivot. We yeah, had to figure it out. At, we, like, right. we can't be that one trick pony anymore. We can't. We have this one big buyer.
1: Can't be how that many, one. You know what I mean? Wholesalers like, went out because of that, that. Right. Yeah. Because they couldn't adapt. Correct, and that's correct. where I think Scott and I would take pride in it, you know, right, with 525. Right. We're able to adapt and overcome so many different diverse uh, circumstances
0: five two five. That's what you guys call it. I call it 525.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm it, not as cool. So, so <laughs> it just depends, right? It's, it's yeah. our, it's our, date of, uh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's, it's that, the day we started. So that sounds so and much better. Was, yeah, yeah. 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 So <laughs> that's awesome. Cool.
0: So, so how, how can people get in touch with you guys? How can people reach out, do business with you guys? Learn more about you guys.
1: Yeah. Um, you're more than welcome to give us a call. My phone number is 904-729-3923. Or you can email me at Rakan at 525 capital R-A-K-A-N at five 25 capital.com. And, uh, Scott? Yeah, no, the, the, drive everything to
0: recant. Yep. So we, and we, I'm going to have you repeat that one more time. Phone number and
1: email. Phone number is 904-729-3923. And the email is R as in Richard, A as in Apple, K as in Kangaroo, A as in Apple, N as in Nancy, at 5, spelled out, F-I-V-E-2-5, capital.com
0: perfect and if you're watching it's down at the bottom right now so you can see that there and if you're listening make sure to replay that guys this was awesome yeah super great to connect with you guys a little bit more um i love having people who have been in the industry where it's just like all you know is the last two years right and like over time like what i i've been wholesaling since 14 right 2014 so like i've seen the rise and experienced (laughs) the last two years and like When you talk to people who have only been in the game for last years, like, dude, we got to talk about this. And then coming to meet somebody, you know, 2002, it's like, this is awesome. So I appreciate you Go guys ahead. being an open book, you know, um, sharing and 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 adding value to, to my community. So um, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys were late to the show, didn't hear all of it, need to rewatch this. I mean, we talked about the market. We talked about... What investors should be paying attention to versus what they're being told they should pay attention to, right? Which is very, very important nowadays. So, uh, Scott, uh, Rakam, thank you so much for doing this. And if you tuned in, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you guys next Tuesday live at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. This is the